Hello and welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout. This introduction is going to be slightly different because today we are celebrating a milestone. We are at episode number 40. We're there. We have done 40 amazing episodes with some legendary people. You have been listening to me chat. Absolute rubbish. And I'm so bloody thankful. We're at episode number 40, which I just can't even fathom this little podcast started out as a way for me to chat to some of my friends and now it's turned into this whole big thing and I could have never anticipated what this has turned into so thank you so much because none of this would be possible without you guys listening in at home and to celebrate a massive milestone I am joined all the way from Melbourne, Australia, all the way at the other side of the world by the absolutely amazing Georgie Jennings. Drama school dropout, no graduation day for you. Drama school dropout, thought your whole course, now try something new. I had to put it in. I'm very sorry. I love that. You know what? I loved it. I thought it was great. I had to put it in. Very well put. Um, (laughs) So what I like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast is how did you get into acting? And what was your first ever role? First ever role. So I, um, I was going through a bit of teenage you know, when I was like in high school. And so I was very like, sort of like too cool for drama. And I think like my best friend at the time, she moved schools and because she was my too cool friend, um, I sort of was like left out with like no sort of like real friends. And so I sort of started hanging around with all these like dramery girls. And um, they were sort of like, Georgie, you know, we're all doing Bridge to Terabithia, um, like the school play. And um, pretty much they forced me to make, like do an audition for the school play. And I was, a, I was a boy and I was a tree in a background. And that's pretty much how I started. I, I just that. like couldn't get, yeah. So it's like, really, I started off as a tree and um, I was just hooked after that. So then obviously you have been really successful within the fact that you've been on a massive TV show that we're going to talk about very soon. But is that the sort of case of, I'm, I'm struggling on how to word this, that yes. all of your friends who were massively interested in drama and you were sort of just went along with it, have you been more successful than everyone else who really loved it? Well, I, I think it's because I was so young. It was like when I was in year eight. So like after that, I started doing like all the school productions and, you know, music. Yeah, you got hooked on it. Yeah, like musical theatre and things like that. Um, My friend and I, we were like drama captains of the school, like prefects and everything. So we just were like all about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just sort of because we got cast out of high school for Jamaica Private School Girls. So it's all sort of has been this snowball effect ever since I got cast in that show. And like, you just thank your lucky stars that you get such amazing opportunities, you know? Like that was not something that I was expecting. Am I right in believing that you're only 25? Yeah. So you're only two years older than me. So literally yeah. as Jamea came out, I was in my last year of secondary school here. Cause I think it works a little bit differently in Australia. Yeah. And I think so. I remember, like, it just took over. 
Like it was like mental. My history teacher was watching it. Really? Well, it was on at oh, the time. Um, we'll talk about it a little bit more in. Yeah, please. Like, you're going to give me more information because I'm not. I'm not privy to all of this. Further so on, please tell me. But I'll, I'll yeah. let you know about my history teacher. Me and yeah. one of my best friends in school. I texted her the other day when I found out you were coming on, and I was like, "You'll never guess." And I don't tell anyone who's coming on my podcast until it's out. Yeah. And I texted yeah. her and I was like, you'll never guess who's coming on my podcast. And she's like, ah, who? And I'm like, Madison from Jamea Private School Girl. And she was like, fuck off. No, she isn't. <laughs> and I was like, that's so funny. But we would quote it in history all the time because that was the only class that we had together. And yeah. our history teacher was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And we would be like, Jamea Private School Girl, it's on BBC Three. You should watch it. I can't remember what day yeah. it was on. And it happened that there was a documentary on in Britain on the same channel right before Jamee that she had been watching and we went into history yeah. last week the next week she's like so I watched Jamee private school girl it's really oh good God. isn't it <laughs> and then we actually had our history teacher quoting Jamee back to us see this is the stuff that just makes my heart sing <laughs> like that is amazing That's I don't what think I want many other people can say that they got their history teacher hooked on Chris Lilly well if you ever see a history teacher again tell her I say hi I shall do I mean we'll shout her out Miss Edwards you sound like an amazing lady <laughs> um <laughs> I kind of have a disclaimer that I need to put out because as of last Friday, my podcast is now a lie. What do you mean? I'm going back to drama school. Oh my God. That's I got so back good. in. So as like a professional working actor, do you have yeah. any advice for someone who didn't have the best time the first time around and is now going back? Yeah. Can I ask why, why did you not enjoy drama school? So here we go it's a big big yeah. story um because the thing is I've actually been curious because I've been listening to your podcast and <laughs> I've been like why did you drop out of drama school like what's the story there so please just give me like a little rundown uh I'll try and give you the shortest version as possible yeah So, editing Ingram here, this is the point where I explain the story that you guys have all heard before about why I dropped out of drama school. So, I mean, if you want to go and listen to the story again, I've spoke about it loads in lots of different episodes, but it's time to just, you know, move on and maybe not include that part of my life in the podcast. So, right after this little message, we are going to pick right back up at the end of that sort of story thanks for listening guys um i really appreciate it and just thinking about all of those uh difficult times that i went through i'm just so grateful for all of you guys that tune in every week to listen to me yeah it can really throw you a little bit if you have a bad experience but like I like I met my partner in drama school. We've been together for six years now. Like I have clearly gotten a lot out of it. Um, but <laughs> you know, like you know, he'll probably be coming home soon. Um, but I think the only advice that I would give anyone attending drama school is give it a hundred percent, but take everything with a grain of salt. Don't yeah. take any teacher's word as gospel as to how to do something if it doesn't work for you 
that's fine. Just give everything 100% and really invest in it, but just take the bits that you need and leave the other bits to the side. Yeah. And if you need them later, you can grab onto them, but just, yeah, trust your own instincts and there's going to be a lot of crying as there always is in (laughs) drama school. But remember that you started it for a reason because you love it and you it's supposed to be fun. So try and remember the fun of it. And that's pretty much it. I think that that, you know, just with anything in life. I mean, when I've spoke to the lecturers a few times, obviously we've had auditions and things and they seem really lovely. They seem like genuinely really nice. Like I was like, I'm involved in, I'm directing a play next year and I have like a podcast. I was like, how do you feel about like, if I have to take time off to do those things. And they were like, as long as you're not massively fallen behind work, take as much time as you want off. And I was like, fabulous. Thank you. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. I was like, I should Well, congratulations. Oh, thank you. I was like, I shouldn't need too much time off. I can only imagine me needing one day off. And that's the day of the play that I'm directing, but I'm not going to take the pace with it. But then what else I like to ask is, if you were booked to do a one-month run, in a two-person show in the West End, and you could pick anyone with no financial restraints to be your co-star, who would you pick? Mm. Oh, it's so hard because, like, I'm just I'm watching The Handmaid's Tale at the moment, and I just <laughs> I, I've just watched the season four finale last night, and Elizabeth Moss is in the forefront of my mind, so I instantly think Elizabeth Moss. I mean, um, I have a different answer to this question every week, yeah. and I, I think it really does depend on how you've been influenced this week. And like I will tell you it. that my life, my life influence is Beyonce. Um, but Elizabeth Moss just really gets me in the field. So it's like if you're doing a play, you want Lizzie yeah. there with you. You know, she'll bring it. So I think let's leave it. Let's yeah, Elizabeth. Let's put I that think. out into the world. If anybody's got a two-hander play, yeah. let's yeah. Get so just chuck me in the handmaid's tale and let's make it happen. <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, so while I was doing my research, or as I like to call it, legal stalking, um, love that you went to 16th Street Actors Studio. Yeah. Do you have a funny, crazy story from drama school? Oh, it's just drama school is just filled with that, but you're sort of in such a like adrenaline state all the time. So it's like off the top of my head, I can't think of anything in particular that was particularly funny. But it's like, yeah, you're just doing weird stuff all the time. But just um, my, shit, isn't it? yeah, but it's like my partner and I met like at the beginning of the course, and it was all like, no one is to, you know supposed to get with anyone in the course. Like this is a professional course, and I totally understand that. I was like bulldozing the whole experience. I was like, I'm here to act, nothing else. But I suppose and, if you um, fall in love, you can't really help that. Well, that's what I found out. So <laughs> Jesse and I, you know, he's still here. Um, but Jesse and I met in like the hallway of the acting school. And um, we pretty much like we tried to ignore each other for like the first couple of months. But then um, th- we were doing like a movement class. And then the teacher Aren't those was the like, "Okay, we, fucking classes." You know actually. the you know the movement exercises where you have to mirror each other's um, movements and like have eye contact for yeah. like a really long extended period of time. 
So she's like, all right, everyone, partner up. And it's like it divided like the is it the Red Sea or the Dead Sea? Yeah, the Red Sea. Like yeah, the Red Sea divides like the Red Sea, and everyone partners up except Jesse and I. And so we're forced to do this exercise where we're like pretending not to like each other, where we have to like stare into each other's eyes and mirror each other's movements. And it was like this really weird, awkward experience. Um, but I guess it worked out in the end. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, there was a few couples in our class, um, and yeah. one of them was not successful. Um, and yeah. I, I, I haven't really spoke to the other people since we left two years ago. Yeah. So um oh my God. I, I don't know if their relationship was still successful. Um, but yeah, that it, that tends to sort of happen. And like yeah. I think people don't actually realize how bloody weird drama school is. Like I had to keep like, cause I became really close with my group. So like you're doing Danny in the deep blue sea when like you're doing like post sex scenes and you know, all this sort of stuff and, you know, sensuality classes and things like that. And like, there were multiple times where I just had to like kiss one of our friends, like in front of yeah. Jesse and like, you know, Jesse would have to, you know, be doing like a scene where he's just had sex with one of the girls and, you know, I feel like it just laid such a trusting foundation because we've literally just kissed other people in front of each other. And it's like, you're just clapping at the end, like, well done. You know, it's, it's weird that as well, isn't it? Because if you get a professional job, like some people won't really understand that your job today is to go and kiss this man. Go hook up with someone. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, it's like, it keeps happening. It's just the way that it is. I'll tell you one of the funniest drama school stories from my time mm. and the girl that actually is involved in this is coming on the podcast this week so her episode will be out in a few weeks for anyone listening now um, i'll have to listen to it we were doing playback theater which is like where the audience tells a story and the actors recreate it and it was at this time where the three of us were taking it really really seriously and we were only doing serious acting like we went fucking yeah up. that's yeah so we were cast as the dogs in the scene there was three of them oh my god right and yeah um me and this girl and this other boy who i didn't like and he was just a bit of a weirdo we were all playing dogs and like me and this girl are like right they've clearly done this just to wind us up because we are serious actors so we just sat there like literally just sat yeah. there but this other boy took it far too far and started sniffing the girl's bum oh my god and you know what that doesn't even surprise me but i was I've like similar things that have happened i was like no you're not just sniffing her ass your nose yeah. is touching her ass stop stop this <laughs> isn't like this isn't fun and games anymore like that's technically assault he's probably just getting a bit too method you know what i mean he's probably just watching or he was just a weirdo or he just wants to sniff her bum you know you don't know with these people like (laughs) i'll tell you the same story we were it it involved the same guy and he was doing this duologue with a girl that i was originally partnered up with and then got myself the fuck out of there and got with my friend and yeah it was a taste of honey by uh sheila delaney and he was supposed to be playing her gay best friend yeah. and he started like massaging her feet and we later found out that he had a foot fetish and oh. we all just cringe about it all the time that so is, that's just some yeah. context to say that he probably wasn't just being a method actor while he was sniffing this girl's bum he just I, loves feet and bum exactly 
thing is, it's like all these funny like drama school stories, they all involve other people. So I feel like I can't say it without being yeah. totally mean. So <laughs> I'm going to just keep that locked away in my mind. Forever, you can tell I me think. afterwards and we won't put it on the, we won't put it on the podcast. Yeah. But what do you think was the biggest lesson that you learned at drama school? Building a thick skin and um, probably learning to get out of your own way and stop um, yeah. overthinking things because like drama school is all about you know like you're studying and you know you do like all the prep and all the work and you know you get up and you know you have a migraine at the end of the day because it's so stressful sometimes and um relatable content yeah I, yeah absolutely yeah it's just um I found I did my best work was you know you go through the stressful part and you're sort of overthinking it and then you just think to yourself you're like fuck it I actually don't care and I'm just going to do it how I want to do it. Yeah. And that's how, that's always when I've done my best work is when I've just gotten out of my own way and just been myself, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of when everybody sort of shines, isn't it? When they're just being their authentic self and there's no like sort of walls up or anything. Yeah. and it's, I articulated yeah, that get... really lovely there. So No, but you know what? It <laughs> totally made sense. and um. Yeah, I think it's just with all, like, you do have to prepare, you do have to be prepared. And that's when you have, you know, the flexibility to explore whatever you want. But yeah, just get out of your own way and just say fuck it and just do it. Follow your instincts, I think. I want you to just have the word, like the words fuck it in your brain all the time and and just go for it. I'll keep that in mind. That's my masterclass. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So while I was doing my research, I noticed that a lot of your credits sound really cool. For example, I love the fucking title Hookers and Blow, right? That just makes <laughs> me giggle for like 20 minutes. Oh my God. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. What has been your biggest what the fuck is happening moment? On on like my independent Life. films? Life. Oh, and are you talking good or bad moments? I mean, it could be either. When I think like, when I think what the fuck is happening, I'm like, this is like, I'm not supposed to be here. This is mental. How the fuck have I managed to do this? It's got to be a Jemay moment because it's just, there's so many moments in that show where you're just doing the most ridiculous shit and you're taking it. I mean, you had like a fight with Chris Lilly. So you're like an 18 year old girl. I I don't know how old Chris is, so I'm not going to make any guesses. I don't even know how old he is either. (laughs) Does anyone? I think... No, he's like this elusive, <laughs> mysterious figure. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, it's got to be like when Jermaine and I are like fighting and she pushes me into a bin or <laughs> when we're doing like, <laughs> we're dancing with like Kwame on stage or like doing the opening dance sequence. Like those moments were like some of the best moments I've ever had because it's just like, you're like, how am I how is this my job right now? So um, I've got two stories to tell you. One is just a funny story that I want to talk about because I was laughing for three hours at it yesterday. And then one is okay. a Jimmy related story. So I send out anywhere between ten to 20,000 emails a month asking people to come on the podcast. So I was like going through yesterday and I got this idea. I was like, I've never invited anyone from Camp Rock. And I absolutely loved Camp Rock. So I'm going through the list and I'm just inviting everyone. 
And I got an email back from someone's manager. I won't say who it is. Quite quickly. Mm. Say, yeah. Hi, Ingram. I'm very sorry, but I don't know where she is. Best wishes, the name. And I just laughed. What? She didn't know where she was. Like, I, I think laughed. I actually saw that. I put it on my Instagram I story. I screenshot on your Insta story because now I follow you because I'm just like, you know, getting in. Which I like died um, at. But I'm like, whose manager sends that? Like, just don't respond. I was like, yeah. you, who was it? It was like Rhonda. Yeah, it was Rhonda. I, I mean, I guess I leaked her name. Rhonda. <laughs> and I was like, I oh laughed at that for like three hours. Like genuinely. Yeah, I laughed about it as well. I thought that was really funny. And like, I was just like, why would you just say like, oh, she's not available at the moment other than I don't know where she is. Yeah, like where is her like management strategy for her PR? Top class management skills. I am going to employ her when I become a little bit more famous. I mean, I'm going to have to become famous. Find out. Need to find out who Rhonda is and what she's about. <laughs> I think she needs a pay rise. To be fair, I think she's an icon. I think she does too. And um, I'm going to drop my agent and go with Rhonda. Definitely. Um, but then my second story, and I actually I was looking on my notes there, and I didn't write this down, and I can't believe I didn't write it down. Um, but ask anyone that I went to college with; it's 110 percent a true story. So in our final year of college, we have to do a solo movement piece. And like, yeah. I was just like, I can't do this. Like, I'm not going to be able to make anything that looks good on my own. So I was like, I know what I'm going to do. Jamee's solo dance from Jamee Private School Girl. Oh my God. And ask <laughs> anyone that I went to college with, I recreated the whole thing. You know what? It would have been the best solo performance oh, out of te- the whole group. It was terrible. It was terrible. It's iconic. <laughs> but it is iconic. iconic. But yeah, like did you, I, I, do you think that you did it justice? That's no, the more important. No, question. I didn't do it justice. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh my god. But it was sort of like I know that this is going to be bad. So because that's what it's meant to be. It's meant to be like a little bit terrible. Like even though it's iconic. Um, I don't know what you. T- I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but I was like, if it's already supposed to be bad then I can't be bad. So it was like a little no. defense mechanism that I put up. Oh, I love that for you. That's but so I told, good. I told all of my friends that I was doing it and I just get everyone hooked on Summer Heights High, Jamee, Lunatics. And they were all like, oh my God, we need to video it and send it to Chris Lilly. And I was like, we're not videoing it and sending it to anyone. Um, You definitely should have. <laughs> I probably should have, like, but I was like, no. It was a vulnerable moment. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was doing my yeah. year 11 dance solo. It's a very, like, emotional piece. Yeah. Um, so then to talk about Jimmy Private School Girls, so you premiered with nearly a million viewers. Uh, you have countless millions of viewers around the world. You've broken viewer records that were held by Doctor Who. What was that time in your life like, if you could sum it up with, like, one word? Whirlwind. I think, yeah. <laughs> what was the audition process for like uh, for that like? It was, you know, when like something is just so unbelievable that you just sort of walk in like, and like it's sort of a bit of a blur. <laughs> like we had, like I went for four auditions for this role. So they'd put you in a room with um, a couple of girls. Like you, I think you, no. So let's backtrack. So I was at school, there was an email sent out and it was like an ABC production wants to cast XYZ secret confidential thing. And um, my friend and I were the drama captains at the time and we were like, oh, 
well, of course we're going to audition. Like, yeah. that's silly. So all the drama, and they just wanted to do the drama students. So it was the year 11 and 12 drama students all gathered in a room and the casting director, Kate Leonard, came in and with just like a little like crappy video camera and she got us into like groups of four and she was just asking us about what we did. She was like, you know, oh, what do you do at school? Um, what do you do for fun? Do you have Facebook? Do you have whatever social media? And we did that sort of interview process and we didn't hear for quite a while. And then you just went for callback after callback after callback with different groups of girls and you had to um, improvise and, you know, sort of do that. And, yeah, it was quite a long time before we actually got cast in the show. So when all this is happening, Chris Lilly is a globally known comedian writer and Summer Heights High was iconic. But did you expect a spin-off of like a side character from Summer Heights High to become more popular than Summer Heights High? I didn't think Summer Heights High could be topped because it was my favourite, because I was a massive fan. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think Summer Heights High could be topped just simply because it's so iconic. But, you know, I loved Jamae as a character and... Um, yeah, the whole thing just blew my mind. It still actually blows my mind, the response that people have had to the show. I mean, like, people even are now, still like, asking you on a podcast about it <laughs> nearly about 10 years later. But it's like when it's you, you sort of think you're like, you sort of forget about it and then somebody brings it up again. And you're like, oh, yeah, that actually happened. Does yeah. that ever happen to you? Where you sort of like, oh, yeah, like that oh, actually happened. All the time oh, people the will be like telling me stories and I'll be like, did that? Oh, it did. Like that we done that that was a time in my life yeah. like I was in year 12 like when the show premiered I was at schoolies and that was a whole other experience um because the fanfare surrounding the show was so crazy and I'd be on in Byron Bay on the beach and you know you'd have a crowd of people surrounding you and it was Madison, just so, like Madison. Well, yeah it was a lot of that and like I just wasn't like you know like you're just not prepared for it because you just yeah. think oh it's just me and um, yeah, so what a time. And here we are. Who is your favourite Chris Lilly character? I have two. I can't choose between them. I love Mr. G. Yeah. And I th- yeah, I think Mr. G and Jermaine, just because exactly. she was my best friend at, just because she was my best friend at one point. And um, yeah, I just feel like Those Mr. G. Those are the G... two that are my favourite. I think we need oh, to- Oh, well, I'm glad we're on the same off. page. I yeah, think I love I Mr. Just, G because he's so um, ridiculous, but like that's yeah. what happens in drama school. <laughs> I, I see no difference between that and real life. Like know? Mr. G is only funny. Mr. G is, well, I mean, he's really funny, but he's only massively funny to people outside of drama school because that's what happens. Yeah. And they don't understand that we go into a room and somebody says, okay, for the next 45 minutes, you're going to be pre- be a kitchen appliance you're going to be a dog and you're going to be sniffing someone's bum you know Uh, yeah like people don't actually understand (laughs) that um no they don't but jamey has a new podcast so the character hasn't been completely killed off and in two years it will be the 10 year anniversary since you all left hilford would you go back and reprise the role of madison for a 10 year anniversary oh absolutely but i really like Really, I don't think that would probably happen. You never know. Um, but of course, I would reprise. Well, Madison. let's put it out there into the world. I don't the know world. what she would be doing. Chris Lilly, write a yeah. special. 
I don't even like a Christmas episode. You know how shows yeah. do a Christmas episode. Um, but I don't even know what Madison will be doing right now. She's probably like I don't know. I'll have <laughs> to think of that backstory and let you know. Yeah. Um, so then finally, while we're on the topic of Jamie, and this is purely for myself, this is for nobody else listening, so you can skip if you're listening at the moment. When I was in year 11, me and one of my best friends, Chloe, would quote the show on the daily. We were obsessed with it. But in my Leavers book, like it's a massive book that we all wrote messages to each other. I couldn't find it. I was going to show you it. Um, she wrote oh, that we could no longer be friends because I wasn't quiche enough. As an official <laughs> yeah. member of Jamey's friendship group, can you confirm if I am quiche enough to be in the gang? I can confirm after this interview that you would probably be let in. Um, oh. I'm going to say yes. Do you know what? I'm That's it. Yes. That's We're done now. That's all I need in life. All right. We'll see you later. <laughs> um, but what I also found out while I was doing my research that I didn't know is that you're also a photographer. Yes, I am. Um, I mean, it was pretty hard to find. It's only in the Instagram, uh, the bio of your Instagram account. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't really promote it just because I'm like, it's sort of just something for me though. Like I yeah. like I've been paid to do things, but I sort of like I've always done it. And it just because I have a lot of friends in like film and TV and everyone's sort of, you know, actresses and actors. And Everyone so needs it's a like well, it's like if someone needs a job done, like I'm here to do it. And um, I just really, really enjoy it. And it's always been a passion of mine. So I sort of have this like weird niche Instagram account um, <laughs> for my work. But like I don't actively promote it because it's just like sort of something that I'm really passionate about. And I don't really think of it as like this big professional thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I thought of a question to ask you about this and I was only yeah. ever going to ask you it and then I was going to just bin it from the podcast. Like it wasn't going to go yeah. on to other episodes, but it's actually a really cool question. I think I'm going to carry it on just in every episode now. Can yeah. you describe to all of us the best picture you've ever taken? Oh, I actually, I, okay. One picture that I took, it was when I was in year 11 and I was on a school drama tour, which I was so lucky to have gone on. It was a New York, LA drama tour. Love that. And so I was I was in New York for the first time and I had my, because I was studying photography at school, so we all had these Canon, like DSLR cameras, and I stopped at a traffic light in Times Square and I looked up and to this, um, and it doesn't sound very interesting, but I looked up at the traffic light and just the colours, like the clear blue sky, like a bright yellow traffic light and it's just all the signs of New York in the background and I think that was probably that's probably one of my favorite pictures I've ever taken um yeah. where do you prefer LA or New York I am pretty laid back so I love New York for its culture but I lo- I find hustle and bustle a bit stressful like <laughs> as you can see I've got my um lavender um, lemongrass diffuser on in the background so just that's just who I am relaxing. Yeah. so I love LA for its relaxed vibe but LA is my favorite place in the world yeah I Jesse and I went there because we went to a wedding in America and South Dakota so we went to New York and LA again I just don't think you can beat New York though and then- in my in my book it's still on the topic of your photography, because you obviously you take headshots. How can people book you to get yeah. headshots? If they you want, you can literally just send me a message on my website, and or you could. I prefer my website, 
And um, yeah, then I just give you a quote and then we meet up and then we do it for a couple of hours and yeah. I think that maybe a flight to Melbourne is a bit excessive to get headshots. I'm thinking is for me, not for everybody else. Everybody else better fucking book you. But for me. Yeah, off you go. Like, Are you sure Melbourne. you don't want to just come down for a couple of hours? You can stay at my house. <laughs> yeah, I can fly fly there and just fly straight back. Like I'm thinking that might be slightly obsessive, yeah, easy obsessive for me. Um, but we're now we're going to play the drama school dropout game, and it's called Stage Right or Stage Shite. And it's okay. three stories sent in by our listeners. One is a lie that is made up by our producer, Heather. And it's our job to find out which one is the lie. I've got the envelope, the answer in a little sealed envelope. So we can both play along together. Okay. Number one, me and my boyfriend met at drama school and my entire family, apart from my grandma, knew that I was gay. And after one of our shows, we came out of the theater together and my family had brought my grandma to see the show. And as I was chatting to my lecturer, I overheard my grandma ask my boyfriend, who are you? For context, he didn't know who she was. And he answered, I'm Jack, Lewis's boyfriend. And that's the story of how my boyfriend accidentally outed me to my grandma. That's right. Surely that's true. <laughs> Number two, I was doing Camp America and I was the theatre counsellor. And during the end of camp show in front of all of the kids, staff and parents, one of the kids decided to use the toilet we were using on stage as a prop for real. I had to clean it up afterwards. Oh, <laughs> I hate kids. I reckon. Yeah, I feel like kids would definitely do that. So I'm going to say yeah. stage right. Number three, I was doing a show in the West End and I had to go and do an interview in between shows. And when I got back to the theatre, someone had taken my lunch out of the fridge and left a £10 note in its place. I was so hungry and I didn't have time to grab anything else. So I have to say stage shite for that one because the other two were stage right. I I think that all of them could actually be true. I know. I feel like they're actually quite realistic scenarios. Like, normally it's like I snapped my knee on stage and things, but this one is quite a... You know what? I think you would know who your boyfriend's grandma is. I'm going to go for number one. All right. So you're going for three. I'll go for... Yeah, I'm going to go for three. I'm going to open. I just feel like you'd know who your boyfriend's grandma is and know not to talk about it. Well, you never know. Some people are quite... I don't know. know. Oh, we were both wrong. Number two. Oh, what the hell? What was number two again? Is the... the... Kid using the toilet. shit on stage. Okay, well, there you go. I mean, what have we been through to think that that's true? I don't know. I've babysat <laughs> kids before. You never know what they'll do. <laughs> so um, what is, we're coming to the end of the podcast. What is coming up next? Have we got anything that we're allowed to talk about? Any secret projects that are not so secret anymore? Well, I've got a little bit of a secret one, but I'm sort of waiting for that. Like, I'm not going to say anything about that yet. And, um, um, I've just had a little episode come out come out on Miss Fisher's Modern Murder Mysteries, which was super fun. And that's um, now streaming on Acorn TV. And I think it's going to come on Channel 7 after that. And so I will really find exciting. all of the links for all of the British people. But um, thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Genuinely, like, I grew up watching Jamea Private School Girl and... Like I said, me and my friend would quote it on the absolute daily. So this is like kind of surreal for me. Well, this is a bit surreal for me, doing a bit of a podcast interview with you. (laughs) Um, But yes, thank you so much for coming on. Where can everyone find you on social media? Uh, Instagram is probably best, Georgie Jennings. And um, I don't really use Twitter or anything else. I'm not on TikTok either. So I feel like I'm being a bit less (laughs) 
You I just, just, I don't know. I don't post videos, but you need to I get on TikTok to watch yet. the videos. Like some of my favorite videos. No, but you know videos. what? I've done it a couple of times. I've, I have to like set a timer because otherwise you just lose too much time you to go on TikTok. I'm more like into hours. like the cooking TikTok. Yeah, it's really intense. <laughs> so if I ever do post a TikTok, I'll send it to you. Do it and I'll repost it and then I'll tell everyone yeah. that listens to this podcast to go and watch it. Um, okay. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. Also, um, you're my first. I've had somebody from New Zealand on the podcast, but you're my first Aussie on the podcast. Oh, fantastic. That's so, awesome. All new because we've. I, I think we're we're charting in new zealand but we've got like a few listeners in australia yeah. so hopefully we can bump that yeah. up and hopefully we can get charting but thank you so much yeah, for coming great. on it's been an absolute privilege i've absolutely loved chatting to you and i shall let you get back to normal life my pleasure thank you so much for having me And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 40 completed. What a milestone, 40 episodes. Thank you so much, guys, for sticking around. I genuinely, I said it at the beginning of the episode, I genuinely cannot fathom it, and it blows my mind every time I even try to think about it. But thank you so much to Georgie for coming on the podcast and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a rating and a review on the podcast. It helps us so much. You already know this. And if you have a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com. And I'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode. And I'll be chatting to the absolutely fabulous Scottish actress, Karen Fishwick. Have a lovely week. You all deserve it. Chill out. Enjoy the sun. Enjoy the summer. After the year that we have had, we all deserve to just chill out. So have a lovely week and you'll hear me again next week. Bye, everyone. Drama school dropout. No graduation day for you. Drama school dropout. Your whole course, now try something new. Trying to scoot your